Hello there, I'm Kevin Scott, writer of Star Wars The High Republic from Marvel, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. I have been expecting you. A Utini Podcast Network production. They want to wonder. Episode 184, The High Republic Phase 1 Recap. On this episode, a Utini Fantasy Football Update. We surrender. New details on Star Wars novels from New York Comic Con. May the Force be with us. And the Utini crew looks back at Phase 1 of the High Republic. So be it, Jedi. And now, here are your hosts. Leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, a UTD Network podcast all about, well, the higher public, frankly, for the next couple of months. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is the full crew. We're all back home. One of us has an Ethernet cord, and we're all ready to go. But starting off, it's the guy who flew, I think, roughly 38 hours in the last week, Dr. Corey Helton. Welcome home, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It is... Good to be back. Finally, good lord, I have been jet lagged. So I got back from <laughs> Hawaii last night. We took a red eye. Uh, we left at four p.m. and we landed at our final destination at nine a.m. So you lose like so much time. <laughs> you lose wow. six hours in the air, which is kind of crazy. It's like four thousand miles to Hawaii from Atlanta. I know it was. Wow. Not, I, th- I think that's how far it was. I could be exaggerating, but anyway. Uh, glad to be back. I had a wedding right after that. Uh, good friend of mine, Alec. He's a Patreon. He's a pa- he's a Patreon. He's a patron actually. Um, it was a hell of a good time, Alec. If you're listening, it was a beautiful wedding. We had a really really good time. So Lord of the Rings themed. I'm so proud to finally have friends brave enough to do a themed wedding. <laughs> yes, do <laughs> it. Man, they killed it too. It was so fun. We had a we had a really really good time. So um, all back home now and uh, trying to recover. Although, you know how it is, coming back for this much traveling, so we'll see. I might fall asleep during the show, no promises. We'll try not to, uh, but we're glad to have you back, and you have, of course, dived into yet another amazing hobby since you've been back, but we're going to tease that for next week. Yes, uh, sounds good. You guys got to come back to hear what Corey's latest venture is, it's kind of amazing. (laughs) Um, But speaking of amazing, we have the guy who has... Not only an Ethernet cord, but maybe a stable internet connection. It's Dr. Charles Hankel. I don't want to jinx it, but it's better It's better than it was. And right the second, I'm kind of wishing that it wasn't because Corey's got this healthy Hawaii glow about him. And I <laughs> I, I look, I don't know, I've got a, a, an anemic pallor kind of going on right now. So <laughs> anemic I need, pallor. <laughs> I need a vacation or I need to go back to West Clipping just... Static images of me for the show. <laughs> Anemic Pallor. Was that the name of your ska band in med school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who told you? Looks pretty good. I, got, I noticed uh, for our audio listeners, Charles is repping a Miami Heat shirt. And you did say earlier in one of our private chats you're watching some preseason. That's right. Charles, two and how one. How we feeling? How we two, feeling? Two and one. Uh, my my prediction is four seed, four seed this year in the East. So we'll see. Mark my East. words. All right. Anything less than that is an absolute abject failure. Um, but the opposite of failure is success. And the massive success of our lives, our mental health, and our show is reliant solely on the glowing man himself, the hunter of the South, Wes Jenkins. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, hey. It's good to have some chicken today. 
You ever go to Raisin Cane's and they tell you that at the... <laughs> what? At, Raisin Cane's up here. You don't have Raisin Cane's? No. Well, if you come down to one in the south, they don't say, hello, may I take your order? They go... Hey, 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 it's good to have some chicken today. And you're like, what the hell? What are you like, you know, that's what am I supposed fun. to say today? That's probably fun, like, the first seven times you do it. And then you're, it's like day two on the job, and you're just like, ugh. And it's you're a person like, like, it. it's like 30 minutes before closing. You're just like, hey, 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 it's good to, what, the, what do you want? <laughs> you want some chicken? Do you want chicken today? Uh, uh, yeah. I like you said that. Do you want some chicken? <laughs> See, this inside. is great, Wes, because this is a great homage back to the episode zero of The Living Force, which was the Zaxby's episode. Uh, so I'm yes. glad that we are still talking about chicken 184 episodes later. Uh, wow. Uh, it's good for you. It Especially is. Especially the fried kind. Well, everyone, it's great <laughs> to see you all, to have you. Hello to everyone watching us live, watching us late, listening to us whenever, however you're consuming The Living Force. We hope you are having a great day. Um, I want to give you all some updates on our lives uh, before we jump into the vast amount of news we got in the Star Wars publishing world this week, we want to do a little bit of promo uh, because, yes, we are talking about High Republic Phase 1 this week to give you a little bit of a, of a you know, a, a study session about what's coming up. But next week, we are jumping into Phase 2 with everything you need to know because across Utini, it is officially going to be High Republic. That's <clears throat> right. It's another crossover event. And what would a crossover event be without a great... Of graphic by our buddy Jose. If you're looking on the YouTube stream, you see the Higher Pub Week Ride the Wave 2, if you will. Mm. Next week, our show is The Living Force, Legends Look Back, and the Star Wars Archives are all bringing you High Republic content. That's right. We got the folks at Legends Look Back to talk about the High Republic. So you know <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, if Again, I love these crossover events <clears throat> because they really let you experience everything we have. Uh, as far as Utini goes. So next Monday night, of course, hang out with us to talk about the High Republic. Next Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, hang out with Legends Look Back. And then on Sunday the 23rd, uh, go hang out and check out the Star Wars Archives, who are going to have a special little patron thing for you. Yes, Jordan! Legends. Legends, legends, legends. So we're very excited about that. We're also very excited because our thriving Discord community is keeping in the High Republic spirit by enjoying our bracket challenge. And we want to give you an update on who has been winning some, uh, some back and forths here. So we did just have a few, a few upsets last week. But we want to let you know the last few head-to-heads. Elzar Man took out Ty Yorick. Vernestra Rowe <clears throat> took out Comac Vitus. I mean, how are you going to beat Vern? But I love me some Comac. Keith Trent is demolished court, which I think is frankly rude. Um, <laughs> he's just a baby. He's just a baby boy. And then Wes, what's the other set of our bracket look like there? After because uh, I'm, 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 I'm reading live. S- S- Slan Holt versus Buriaga hasn't occurred yet. Right? It's coming. Is it still going on? It's coming soon. I believe it's either uh, tonight I, or coming soon. I, I cannot see Buriaga losing that one. I can't but. either. But Slan Holt, man, <laughs> Trail Shadows is real good. Buriaga's gonna win. Okay, on our next one. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't remember. What was that guy? Is it Holt. Cyan. Cyan Holt. Cyan Holt. She's the femme fatale from Trail of Shadows, the comic. Femme fatale. Oh, femme nice. Fatale. Still nice. does not ring the bell. You know. Did you read Trail of Shadows? <laughs> I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I've read. I think I've read everything. Kind of, kind of thinking you point. didn't. Did you? <laughs> uh, 
This, there's a, listen, there is a look how many names are on <laughs> this <laughs> chart. All right, there's like 50 <laughs> names. Look at this. These are all original yeah. characters for this. I'm glad we're doing this recap episode because I don't remember half of these people. So <laughs> Torben Buck, go. Yeah. Torben Buck. Tell me. Uh, Torben? No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Absolutely not. Buckets of blood. Here's buckets of blood. Oh, okay. Well, I know who that is. That's that's better. Yeah. Let's see, so if that's... my name was Buckets of Blood, I would never answer to Torben after that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. And we had a uh, last one we had on this on this side here now for I was watching. Bell and Avar were the last ones we had. Um, so, Wes, what are those, uh, those last four we have on the right here to catch people up with our bracket challenge? So on the right side, uh, we have Loden Greatstorm versus Stellan Geos. That is, I couldn't tell you he's going to win. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I, I know who you want to win, Eric. Um, Apparently, I love Stellan, <laughs> but come on now. <laughs> so Zine Morala faces off against Bell Zedifar. I think I, I think I know who's going to win, but uh, oh know, man, Higher Public Adventures Hive is strong. I'll give you that. Ram Jamaram versus Geode. Geode. Now, Geode beat Sarat and Tarek 33-4 to four in round one. <laughs> Good God. <Jeez. laughs> and that was two on one. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was a good that was, two, that was a handicap match. They're playing zone. So it didn't work. Geode has a strong, strong chance to get into the, looks like the quarterfinals. And then, lastly, is Leox Jossi versus Wreath Silas. Oh, that's a good one. That is a that's good one. A good one. That's a I good was one. surprised Wreath took down Skier in the first round. And I know Wreath's got some love, but I, but Skier is like, I love me some Skier. Skier. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I've got to set it properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so that is, yeah, that's the that looks like the bracket so far. What a great bracket! I mean, Seriously. this is it started almost what uh, two, three weeks ago now. Yeah, it's been going for a while. Yeah. And shout out again to our buddy Jordan in the chat, um, who's really been keeping that going, and everyone that's been voting every night. I, if you go into the Higher Public channel, you just see people like honestly trash talking each other, which is great <laughs> about like who's gonna win, who's gonna win. And then there's always like two people that are clearly on the wrong side of history, but they don't care. They're gonna vote for who they want. So be sure to pop in there and, again, celebrate all the characters we loved in Phase 1 before jumping into Phase 2. Another update we have for you is the weekly Utini Fantasy Football update. Uh, sucked this week for me. I started Russell Wilson. Me what too. do you want from me? Um, yeah, bet. JG, our very own JG on our team, beat the, beat the snot out of me. Thanks to Josh Allen and Austin <laughs> Eckler. It was brutal. Um, Wes, you also had a rough week. I had a couple players go down. I had T. Higgins hurt his same oh. ankle that he hurt last week. Um, and then Dalton Schultz just is not himself. It's he, depressing. He also he hurt his leg, right, or his ankle or something. Something that where he can't play right. His he can't catch passes right, and or right. touchdowns. <laughs> so I had some, yeah, I had some goose eggs on the board, and that yeah. really uh, that really did me in. I signed so, uh, Tyler Conklin instead of Taysom Hill for tight end, so good for me. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> If you know, you know. A shout-out, uh, though, to our buddy Parker, uh, who did our Path of Deceit video review and uh, runs a lot of our TikTok videos. He is our high scorer of the week currently on the back of <coughs> Justin Jefferson, Gabe Davis, and his three receptions, uh, and Nick Folk in the 49ers <laughs> defense. So, Parker, congratulations. Stop it. Knock it off. Be worse. Stop that. Give us a chance. 
Alright, so that's where we're at now with Utini Fantasy Football League. It's, it's, it's a great time, and everyone is actually going back and forth. Uh, so it's kind of a really fun league. I hope that we uh, we get some good matchups. Oz, our last place guy, almost beat Andrew, our first place guy this week. Uh, he didn't. <clears throat> it was like a point difference, so. <laughs> and he didn't, by sorry, the way, just Oz. let you know. He still last. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the Star Wars thing. I did want to give a couple team shoutouts over at Utini.com. Um, again, we love our site. We love updating it as best we can. We have some updates for you all. We've been updating our best of guides on the site. A shout out to Gia on our team who just updated our best young adult novels uh, of all time articles. So go check that out. Michael on our team updated our best novelizations of any film novelizations. And Jared updated our best audiobooks, including now some audio drama stuff and a section all about books that are narrated <clears throat> by actual Star Wars actors. Um, we thought that was a great thing to add. So go to utd.com, go to the book guides at the bottom, and look through all the new stuff. We want to keep those updated with all the books that are coming out. And thank you to everyone on our team for making sure those are constantly uh, accurate. Because I don't want to lie to you. We don't want to lie to you guys about what's good. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> now, a quick thank you to everyone on our Patreon and our Patreon community at patreon.com slash utini. Today, you got a brand new episode of the Star Wars Archives, which was an interview with... Well, you got to go over and check it out. Uh, but they got a lovely Star Wars author uh, that wrote a little something that we don't usually talk about on this show. Uh, but it's all I'm going to tease about. Those guys did a seriously phenomenal job. I listened to the interview today. Trevor and Jose have really made that show something truly special from the absolute insane silliness of episode 50 to the really great interviewing tactics of today's episode. So make sure to go over to Patreon. Check that out. Check out the documentary that's dropped. Check out all the other stuff that's available. And thank you to everyone for helping us out. Whew. Okay, guys. It's time for a pretty hefty Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Okay. This weekend, everybody was New York Comic Con. Did any of us go? Thank you for asking. No. We did not. <laughs> However, we did see a lot of the news. And fellas... I want to ask this before we go in. Did any of the three of you follow the news from New York Comic Con, or are we going in blind? Blind is all get out. I don't know yep. a single thing. Would you blind. say you telling me yesterday is following? Yes. What's his bonus points? All right. For me. Well, guys, if you didn't follow along, that's okay. That's why this show is here. And, guys, we're going to experience your unfiltered reactions that's right we're gonna get mature rated on all this uh, of what we got revealed first up was the high republic panel we got a lot of awesome news about phase two including some cover reveals mm. so let's start off with the official cover for cataclysm by lydia kang look at this gorgeous piece of artwork look at that oh. is that this a is... purple or pink saber <clears throat> that is a purple it's, saber it's purple, purple. Yep, Axel Greylark is the character on there. I'm going to say um, dude has a is... gun. <laughs> yes, dude's got a gun. <laughs> so uncivilized. That guy's got a gun. He's got a gun, dude. Look at that gun that dude's he's got. got. A gun. <laughs> yeah, he's got some pretty big biceps. He also has a blaster in his hand. Did you see that? Yeah. He's also got, uh, so that lightsaber is the same lightsaber as Gemma has, who's the main character of um, Convergence, the adult novel with Wave 1. So okay, so I saber. got those two. Yeah, I got those two mixed up because I thought yep. that that cover was not final, and then they barely change anything to Cataclysm or to Convergence, 
And so I got these two mixed up. I thought it was the yeah. same one, but good. Now we got two. They are very much like sister covers, like Convergence and Cataclysm. They're two sides of the same mm-hmm. coin, the same mm-hmm. saber. Axel is in Convergence. So if you all read the adult novel in Wave 1, this is him in Wave 2. Um, so, yeah, very pretty. Very much the same. Um, I like it. And I, I think this guy <laughs> is a – oh, God, what's what's the word? Uh, a rake. A uh, an F boy, if you will, a, a Lothario. Um, not where I thought you were going. You know, look, like he's got he's got like a very fancy costume, you know. And I'm like, look at that. He's definitely That's really fancy. He's definitely Gen- like robes. Gen Z. Uh, this is the most. He probably has a TikTok account. I mean, a TikTok channel. Oh my you god, know, that he does. He's gonna be like the nicest character of all time, and you're gonna have to eat these words. I and mean, we're gonna be so yeah. sad when he eventually dies. He should have. He uh. should have one. You can't see it, but on his left ear, the way the angle is, his, his face is turned. You can't see it on the cover, obviously. But this guy, one hundred percent, has a dangly earring on his left ear. Oh my see. god! Yes, you just can't. That is one hundred percent true. <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. He just looks like the type. I think that's what you're trying to yeah. say. <laughs> so that's so he's, he's early Barry Bonds. Early Barry Bonds dangly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god! If only <laughs> then he can swing that lightsaber like the Dickens. Uh, wow, I don't know why I said it like that. I haven't said that phrase in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> You're a century late. We, we all know exactly why you said that phrase, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Cataclysm. Uh, I love that they're mirroring the two covers. Uh, way more visually similar than, than Phase 1. I think they're really like leaning into that. Uh, and then we also got a cover reveal for the middle grade novel by Tessa Gratton in that wave called Quest for Planet X. And what I want to show you guys on this cover is uh, this planet in the background. Does that look familiar to you guys? It looks like Batu. It does look like Batu. Batu. Is that what it is? <laughs> no. It is. This is a sweet cover. I don't know what it is about the animation style on this thing, but I really like it. Like yeah. Why she, really, got, really why she got her lightsaber ignited? <clears throat> she why not? It's dark. It's dark. <laughs> Okay. How else would you? It's like that it's thing, like Maul that, and Solo. Well, that how little map is definitely backlit. I was gonna say it's like shining a flashlight at your backlit phone. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's like playing you remember a Game in Boy the Rise Color. of Skywalker. <laughs> maybe maybe someone wrote in lemon juice or something, and they need to like heat it up. Yeah, I will say uh, Tessa Gratton, who wrote this book, tweeted is, out today that cover. <laughs> Love you, Charles, and I appreciate you. Uh, it's like yeah. <laughs> These three characters are a Padawan, a young hyperspace prospector, and a cool uh, non-binary rich kid. So this is a, a first cover uh, non-binary character in Star Wars. So awesome job. The High Republic continues its representation arc. Also, I just love the gray streak in their hair. I think that's awesome. Rich- I'm always a fan. Oh, the, r- the rich kid is the one on the right? Yes. With the gray streak? Okay. Correct. I thought the rich kid would be in the front because he has some... Some special goggles there. No, the goggles got a hyperspace prospect, I think. Or maybe I'm wrong. Who's to say? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Goggles always imply poverty in Star Wars, Wes, in case you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. (laughs) That's that's always it. Uh, And then rounding out the wave two of phase two covers, we had uh, Path of Vengeance, Kevin Scott's young adult novel, uh, which is going to end out phase two with possibly the biggest hit of the weekend, because look at this cover, guys. Now this that, is a lot going on here. That is gorgeous. Yeah. What that's is This is this? just the what normal cover. This is... <clears throat> yep. Man. Yeah. Okay. So we got... What the uh, hell are we... Are these... Oh, these are those scary monster thingies. 
The nameless. Those, those are yes. the nameless. Those yeah. are the nameless. Look at all of them. There's so many. Scary yeah. monster thingies. You can quote me on that. All right. Scary monster thingies. <laughs> Can't wait for term. your recap, Corey. Of- <laughs> <laughs> So well, that's all them. We got the eye. We got the eye of the Nile on the ground. Yeah, um, it, and it's well, eerily, eerily similar to a pentagram. It is. Yeah, oh, yes. in a way, you're like, oh, this looks like that scary uh, temple um, from that last Doctor Strange movie with uh, that one. Oh, to, like, sure. Summon the mm-hmm. demons out or whatever. That's what it looks like. Yeah, very creepy. Uh, and who we believe uh, is Marta Rowe, uh, up in center here. Ooh. And again, passive deceit is the young is the YA from. Wave one, Path of Vengeance is the YA from Wave two. Uh, so again, I can't wait to put all these books next to each other when we're done with it and really show them out. Uh, shout out to Stephanie Mack in our community who on Twitter actually did that. Uh, she went through and like photoshopped a bunch of the covers side by side so you could see kind of how the phase looks. So uh, huge fan of all those covers. I think the High Republic artwork just keeps getting better. And then we ended the High Republic panel with a look at the cover for the. Very much delayed, but still coming. Uh, Quest of the Jedi comic from Claudia Gray. Uh, it's the one shot that's coming up next year. And we did get a look at this artwork. And this is, uh, I mean, we got two Jedi. You got a giant tidal wave. And they're getting ready to kick some ass on a boat. Looks like they're Who are surfing the people they are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. This looks like they're surfing. Yeah, I like it. I think it's fun. I think, the again, the comics have always had great art. Uh, but it's really showing that this this wave two seems a little more dangerous, I guess. Yeah, it is than, a good question. Uh, the, this literal wave. Who these aliens are? Mm. These are weird looking aliens. <laughs> they look kind of like they look kind of like uh, Gene Ozens in a weird way, a little bit. Their face structure. Oh, I can see that. You see that guy in the. I back thought you were right? gonna make a Futurama joke. Oh no, they do look like Kiff from Futurama. <laughs> there it is. I'm like, there's got to be someone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited for that. I'm glad it's still coming. I'm glad we're at least getting some preview artwork. Uh, and then, of course, in addition to our existing projects, we did get some new projects announced. Uh, first of all, we got uh, the wildly popular Edge of Balance manga. We got two volumes in Phase 1. It did get announced that we are getting the Edge of Balance in Phase 2. Daniel Jose Older and Tomio Ogata are going to be creating it. Obviously, no cover. This is from the famous Cover Not Final series. Um, mm-hmm. Of covers, <laughs> so very stoked to be getting that. I thought the second Edge of Balance, especially, I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I'm glad we're keeping that, um, I guess, piece of media going, which is fun. But this next project, I thought, was the coolest, and I'm, I want to hear what you guys think about this because I didn't think about this was going to exist at all. We're going to get a High Republic young adult anthology series uh, or anthology book, like. The, the stories of light and dark, uh, like the Clone Wars book, but Zoraida Cordova, Tessa Grattan, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Lydia Kang, George Mann, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule are all going to be writing short young adult stories to go in one <laughs> anthology book, all taking place wow. in the High Republic. That's interesting. We've never had a... Uh, is there another young adult anthology that's ever been done? I don't think so. Not either. We've had the middle grade ones, but I think this might be the first like YA specific one. Hmm. Huh. You know? That's um, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I dig this idea, and I especially love. Uh, we have another picture here um, that our buddy Brad, who are friends of the forest, who was live tweeting it. Um, each author wrote which phase their story takes place in. Um, so Zoraida's <laughs> takes place in phase two. Tessa Grattan's is after phase two. 
Claudia's is one day after the end of phase one. So we get I like that. that emotional destruction. Justina's is post phase one, but not phase three, which confirms that phase three, again, will be taking place, picking up the pieces of phase one. Lydia Kang's is post phase two. George Mann's is post phase two. Daniel Jose Olders is late to mid phase one. Cavins is, quote, so very nearly phase three. You cav, you tease. Uh, and then Charles Soule says it's close and basically is phase three. So when I when I first read this, I thought this was a joke. Like, take off a couple of these. I thought this was like somebody they're arguing over like where something laid in the timeline. Oh, they're sure. like post phase two, and this is like close, so very near phase three, but not phase three. And you're like, what? These, these also kind of look like titles from the new Jedi Order series. Like. <laughs> This, this is actually what it's like to have a conversation with Trev on a daily basis. <laughs> Post phase two. Well, not very, very closely nearly phase three. And between phase one and two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about that. I mean, short fiction has been so fun to see kind of pop up in Star Wars Insider. But to have a whole batch of short stories, especially to give us... This will probably be our canonically first look at phase three when it comes out. Yeah, um, yeah good good bedside read. Yes. You can... Finish bef- like a quick story before you go to sleep. Yeah, I'm sure Kevin will write something I definitely want to read before I go to bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we did end the High Republic panel with something actually very heartwarming. I thought it was very sweet. Um, because all the panelists were listed before uh, everything happened. And one of the panelists was going to be Rosemary Soul. And we're like, who is that? Who could this be? It turns out that is Charles Soul's daughter. And the two of them are writing a book together called Yoda and the Younglings, which is a High Republic kids book written by father and daughter. Um, Wow. That's cool. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That is fantastic. I love that. And we got this, yeah, we got this cover with a bracket favorite Buriaga. Um,. Who is? Wow. Uh, they they made it clear. all grown up. The hilt of um, his the hilt of his lightsaber is taller than Yoda's. <clears throat> straight up, <laughs> is. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, no idea what this is going to be, but I mean, what a great <clears throat> what a great idea to have family event. Charles Soule goes from writing these like mature adult novels, Vader Darkness, to like I want to write some with my daughter for kids. So keep an eye out for the youngling in your life. Uh, get him some higher public books. We love that. And it's a great picture of a Wookiee's feet. You never really see that. <laughs> All right, well, wow. Keep that, keep that for after the or show. What, you know? <laughs> you, you can make a lot of money selling Wookiee feet. Um, <laughs> so, I would guess. <laughs> so the next day, after the High Republic greatness, we also got the Disney Lucasfilm publishing panel. Uh, two main announcements that we want to talk about. There are a lot of comic announcements, so if you love that kind of stuff, as we all do, go check on Twitter, talk to your folks about that. Biggest announcement possibly of the weekend. New adult novel from Del Rey coming from Delilah S. Dawson. It is called Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade. And this is the story of Iscat, a Jedi survivor of Order 66 that turns to the dark side, joining the Inquisitors with the hope of uncovering the truth about her past. Iscat's hunt begins when Rise of the Red Blade arrives in 2023. Yes, nice. there we go, y'all. Bad guys in Star Wars write books about them. Yeah. Yes, bring on Inquisitor <laughs> stuff, man. I I it's can't get stuff. enough of it. Delilah Dawson is fantastic at writing these types of characters as well. People with dark and mysterious pasts, like yeah. 
I think she'll evil women. That's like her favorite thing oh, in the yeah, world. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. She's this. Also, this cover is super badass. I think yeah. they're still around. the The red of the lightsaber is like like casting its red onto the font of the yeah. of the book. Like yeah. it's like reflecting it's really off of it. Yeah, it does. It looks kind of like Vader in the hallway. You know, like the way it lights up the hallway. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Oh. yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. of that. That looks sick. Yeah, and if you read uh. Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic. This is where Iscat briefly arrived just as an unnamed red-skinned Inquisitor for a while. Uh, Wikipedia now has updated uh, her, her bio. Uh, but you can see her hanging out with Vader a little bit in that, uh, just if you want a little more info. Red-skinned Inquisitor. Do we know the species? Yeah, someone does. Wikipedia probably does. Listen, the only, okay, the only okay, red-skinned okay. alien yeah. I can think of on top of my head is the Sith species. So, like, oh, right. Right. that might be interesting. Female individual. I don't see it. Female red skinned inquisitor. I don't see it on the Wook. Ooh, I got an unidentified red skinned inquisitor. That's it. Who is now named. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Delilah S. Dawson. So stoked for her to be back into Star Wars. It's been a hot minute since Black Spire. That's like early living force when that came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So very excited to have her back, of course. And then the last thing that got announced was something that actually is weirdly my most anticipated thing. Because um, y'all know I have massive love for Inside Editions. And this, they put out a bunch of reference books that we all, all love. My favorite was the Lightsaber Collection book. It was super fun. You got to see all That's the right. hilts. Next year, or 2024, we're unsure, we are getting the High Republic, the Lightsaber Collection from Inside Editions. <laughs> Only High Republic lightsabers get their own book. Wow, that's how huh. how big can this possibly be? Though I mean, is there really that many? That many? We'll find out. There will be. I feel like I feel like they're going to make a a definite like High Republic line at Galaxy's Edge where you can go pick out your lightsaber. Eric, save your mind. I, uh, <laughs> for those of you listening, if you haven't seen the cover yet, on the left side of the cover we get what we now know is the hilted. Um, like covered hilt of Porter Angle, the blade of Bardata. That is his lightsaber. Yeah, we know it and now. The... Now that you yeah, said we do. It. <laughs> yeah, you do. You knew that all the time, Charles. I know you. you you're you're all up on that. Um, and then on the right, of course, we get Avar Chris, uh, very famously her green saber. And I cannot wait for again a book and comic specific line to have all its sabers. And I mean. Do we get to see maybe one of the sabers from the Acolyte in here? That would be cool. Oh. Um, I don't know, but keep your eyes peeled. Of course, we'll let you know when all these go for pre-order. Uh, but it was a big week. A lot of great books announced. A lot of great High Republic stuff. Head on over to utini.com. Get all your pre-orders in for all these different projects, including the next books that we're going to see. The High Republic Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann. It's coming November 1st. And The High Republic Convergence by Zoraida Cordova, November 22nd. All right, that's enough for the future. We must go to the past, as Yoda says at the end of Midnight Horizon, and talk about phase one of the High Republic. So if you are brand new to the High Republic, bless you for making it this far on the show about the High Republic. Uh, but what we are going to do tonight is kind of walk you through phase one, some of the main points that were hit. Obviously, there will be no spoilers for phase two. There will be a lot of spoilers for phase one. Uh, so if you're okay with that, awesome, or it's been a while. Buckle up, because we're not going to cover every project here. But our main purpose here is to kind of just jog our memories about what happened last year. 
We read a lot of books. We read a lot of comics. We saw a lot of people, as Corey said earlier. We saw like 50 named characters. Uh, and we're just trying to remember who they were. So when you go into phase one, you can get all the Easter eggs possible. So before we talk about the waves themselves, I want to talk about the structure of the High Republic to kind of give you guys, uh, I guess, a rule book, a stencil of what we're going to talk about tonight. The High Republic is made up of three waves. Or three... F- I already messed it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Cut the show. We'll start listen, over. In your defense, <laughs> I listen. Hot take. I still to this day, even after like a freaking year or two years of this, wherever we're at at this point, I hate the naming system. Phases and waves is awful. They're too similar. Damn it. Phases and waves. They need yeah. a different word. So the High Republic is made up of three phases. Each phase is made up of waves. Each wave is made up of books. Phase, wave, books. Easiest way to think about it. Phase one, which is now complete, was called Light of the Jedi. Phase two will be called Quest of the Jedi. Phase three will be called Trials of the Jedi. Now tonight we're talking about phase one, which was made up of three waves. As you may see, if you're looking at YouTube to my left here, uh, I have each wave of books. So each wave in phase one was made up of one adult novel, one young adult novel, and one middle grade novel. There were comics, there were audio dramas, etc. But for our purposes tonight, we had three books per wave. So today, we'll be going through the main events of Phase 1. And for all this information, I really want to encourage you guys to go to utd.com, go to our High Republic HQ, and go to our Getting Started with Star Wars The High Republic Guide. There you will find every piece of media that's in The High Republic. You will see which books you have to read beforehand, which books um, you maybe should read but don't necessarily have to. We have recommended reading guides, the whole thing. Thank you, Wes. It's up on the screen right now. We have reviews. We have our (laughs) podcast about it. It is the best place to go to get all your High Republic needs. But without further ado, let's jump in to the past. Back, back in 2021, we started reading The High Republic with Wave 1, The Great Disaster. And Corey, take it away and tell us what happened in Wave 1. Yeah, I would be happy to jog my own memory <laughs> and talk about Wave 1. <laughs> I believe in you. <gasps> oh, I'm going to butcher that. All right, Wave 1. Uh, wave 1 was, honestly, I think in my opinion, kind of the richest of the three. Like, I, I think I remember sure. this one the most, even just personally. Just I think, I think the hype of kind of Wave 1... Like, this new era and everything was new. Like, it really just tried to conquer a lot. It also sort of set the pacing for everything and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have we have the, the main books in this, like you already kind of said, Eric, that we have an adult, a young adult, um, and so on, right? We have Light of the Jedi. That's what Eric is holding now. Um, Light of the Jedi. <laughs> I'm trying to get covers. We have Test of Courage, and we have uh, Into the Dark. Faster, faster. Test of Courage, Into the Dark. Uh, we also have the High Republic comic, like the main High Republic comic kicked off the series, and the High Republic <laughs> Adventures comic. These all sort of kind of work together to, to kick off Phase 1. Now, if you remember, the 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 main sort of like like big events that happened during Phase 1 was uh, like this great hyperspace disaster. Remember, that's how Light the Jedi opened, and... Um, you know, throughout phase one, you, you learn, oh, this is super spoilers, right? Like we're no holds barred. Oh yeah. We're right? full spoilers right. for everything. Okay. We're just trying yeah. to recap full spoilers. Yes. If you, if you remember phase one was sort of unearthing the fact that, uh, 
you know, Marquion Roe and the Nihil are responsible for the destruction of this kind of giant cargo ship in hyperspace because of some magic hyperspace stuff that they have, right? That's, that's probably the yeah. simplest way to explain it. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they blow up this giant ship and it kind of comes to pieces at light speed and, you know, it sends a a, a meteor-sized ship chunk at a planet and just killing billions of people every time it smashes into planets and stuff right so this is um and the jedi are trying to like like prevent that from happening and that's kind of the big premise of uh of phase one um is like the hyper hyperspace disaster this is most of this all happens kind of in light of the jedi as well the hyperspace disaster is going on they're figuring out that mark and Rowe and the nihil are kind of responsible for it um, and uh, it kind of follows that sort of main storyline. Now, the other things that sort of develop on the side of that is we we get a lot of context about the state of the galaxy uh, at this time too, right? We have uh, who is the um, who's the leader of the Republic? What's her name? Lena So, Chancellor Lena So. So. Yeah, Chancellor Lena So is uh, doing this big, huge kind of. I don't know, political publicity initiative to some yeah. degree. Oh, her great works. Her great yeah. works. That's yeah, her, her yeah. great works, right? Um, she's doing these big great works to try to kind of connect the galaxy, including parts mm-hmm. of the galaxy that have kind of been unconnected, specifically the Outer Rim, right? So mm-hmm. we we get this, uh, the great work that's referenced heavily in the first phase is is uh, the one we see everywhere is Starlight Beacon, right? It's a giant space shuttle center thing way out in i don't exactly know what it is it's a cell phone tower is kind of what it sounds like <laughs> it's, it's mean, 5G. cell phone tower city that's what it is yeah it's a cell phone tower city with museums and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff happens in it and uh as soon as we all saw it we immediately knew it was going to be destroyed so let's <laughs> put it that way um Called so that rarely, yeah <laughs> yeah so like uh, the story sort of develops around this state of the galaxy with uh, Lena So and her great works and Starlight Beacon is kind of like contrasted with this great hyperspace disaster that's kind of in the same region of space um, that uh, the Starlight Beacon is, right? And uh, we're introduced to our main cast of characters here, like the, especially the, the most popular ones that everyone remembers, I feel like, are, are all kind of introduced in Phase 1. Avar Chris, uh, Stellan Geos, uh, Bell Zetafar, Loading Great Storm, mm-hmm. um, Ernesta Rowe, Reed Silas, Orla Jereni, Comic Vitas, Geode. Oh, I forgot we, he introduced In, Into so the quickly. Dark, Geode. Yeah, into the Dark. Uh, Marshan Rowe, Mari Santeca, which is an incredibly important character for the, um, you know, for the hyperspace disaster. We can come back to that. Keeve Trinis, Skier. Lula, Talisola, and Zine Morales were all sort of introduced in Phase 1. So these are still, honestly, this is like the main cast and characters in my head. It always has been. So even though they yeah. introduced more characters kind of throughout, like, we we followed them so closely. They were so integral to Phase 1. They've still, like, this is who I think of when I think of the High Republic Jedi or all these characters. Yeah. And, and a lot of them do carry on through mm-hmm. the rest of the phase, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, the other kind of... It seemed like it was going to be a really big part of the High Republic, but we actually learned it kind of they kind of started the arc and then finished the arc all in phase one. Was the the Dringear was the other big story? Yeah, plant of, monsters. Yes, which I think is very interesting that we had this kind of story progress. Now, now looking back, it's easy to say this that like uh, the this set the tone in the pace of what the High Republic is going to be because it's not just this one giant. Skywalker saga esque story about these some characters and this one big bad. Like, there's a lot of things happening. Like the the High Republic Initiative is about the High Republic era. It's not just about 
you know, Lena So and the great works and all this type of stuff, right? It, it's about mm-hmm. the era and other things that were happening in the era. And one of the other things that happened specifically in phase one uh, was this big arc with the Dringir, these crazy plant monster aliens that uh, they accidentally discovered in the space station that these Sith statues were in endued with the dark side of, of the force it was somehow keeping the Dringir at, at bay, right? So we had, they accidentally... They accidentally unleashed them almost on the galaxy, but luckily the Jedi kind of saved the day. Did I do that? Oops. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I honestly, I loved the Dringir arc. We got to see it in, um, yeah. in um, the comic. Uh, yep, Claudia Gray's book and in the in the comic, like a lot. And we got to see like the huts brought into that. Like it was a really fun arc. I feel like um, so, and that was kind of like I don't know. Like the B story, I guess of of Phase One. Like the main story is Mark and Rose. Way to Hill. describe it, give you that. Yeah, yeah. and this, the Dream Gear is like the B story of of Phase One, and um, and that's that's pretty yeah. much it. I mean, we got the the big things were hyperspace disaster, state of the galaxy, introduction of that, introduction of all the characters, and then the Dream Gear. That's an excellent yeah. shot. That's there. the Dream Gear right there. <laughs> yep, yep. That was pretty much that was that was a that was Wave One of Phase One. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of that's interesting to think about because yes, the the Dream Gear were introduced. And it was Wreath Silas, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, who was he? Who is he chasing after? One of the Jedi that <clears throat> one of his fellow Jedi, Des Ryden. Des Ryden. I can't. How do you know that, Eric? Um, I got wrote taken, the notes got, and I didn't think <laughs> I saw Des Ryden. I'm like, I don't think I need to type him in there. <laughs> got taken to the. They got uh, put on a basically like a um, uh, space station skate pod. Oh yeah, like a yeah, skate yeah. pod. Yep. And then they, the skate pod had some kind of hyperspace ability, yeah. and it got sent to the Drangir's world, and then the Drangir were there almost to kill them both, yeah. and then they came back, mm-hmm. they killed the Drangir inside the space station, and that's the last we heard of them. I did really. want to let you guys know, this is going to maybe important in the future, the Drangir were defeated and then stored on Starlight Beacon. I remember that. And then when we get into Wave 3, we'll find out what happened to Starlight Beacon... And then what happens to plants when they do go into things that Starlight Beacon might be in right now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll hit that later. Um, yeah. uh, I I, I want to. I was going to say, Corey, I, I agree with you. I think Wave One is probably still the most impactful to me, just because of the moment that it was. The stories were great, but there was that moment mm-hmm. we all had that, like, oh my god, this is happening, and they and they did it. Like Light of the yeah. Jedi, especially, really kind of talked it through, and then like a test of courage introduced Vernestra, and Vernestra is like one of people's favorite characters, and she was introduced in a middle grade novel. Yeah. And she's really kind of lived I, in that realm. Yeah. And I thought that was a kind of cool way for them to establish, <laughs> no, there's important people all along here. We're going to redefine how hyperspace works. We're going to redefine Master Padawan relationships. It was really, really fun to watch. And also keep in mind when this came out too, just in the real world, I mean, it kind of came out in a dark time. And even though yeah. some awful things happened, like the, the hyperspace disaster, obviously it ultimately like wave one is kind of a story about people coming together after this awful thing happened and like kind of fighting back. And, and mm-hmm. it is that like knight in shining armor, medieval type story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then things yeah. go horribly, horribly for all of yeah. them and they almost all die. But you know, uh, up until that point, it was somewhat um, it, it, it was somewhat kind of uplifting in a in a dark time, even in the real world. Yeah, we got new technology with the um, uh, what are the 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 ships that they fly called the vectors, vectors. the Jedi, the vectors, yeah. and they mm-hmm. they they power them with their with their lightsabers, yep. 
And then also force abilities, like various force abilities that we've never seen before, like what Avar Chris does. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So super, super good start. But the best thing I thought about this was they started it off so quickly. The first chapter of the book was chaos. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, it sucked me in immediately. It There's no intro. Started with yeah. a bang, you might say. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I will say, uh, I will say that it's interesting looking back at this kind of in hindsight now because, like, as we were going through the entirety of Phase One, like all the waves of Phase One, it doesn't, it didn't feel as kind of neat and tidy as it does looking back at it. Like, like it, yeah. did, you didn't really know when the Dream Gear arc was going to start and finish. You didn't really know True. like when new characters were going to be introduced and then how they're going to carry on their importance and that sort of thing. So. It's it's very interesting. I'm it's going to be interesting to see if they sort of keep the same like patterns and publishing patterns and and stuff like that throughout like the second phase of the High Republic because like right. I, I will admit that at times it was very confusing trying just to continue. It felt like one giant blob of information. It doesn't feel like nice neat waves. At least going through it it didn't. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if if that is if it's smoother at all or if they change nothing. You know what I mean for the second because right. they could they could change nothing about the publishing style and then you got to read the comics you got to read the young like you got to read this this uh, young adult like novella thing with all the short yep. stories you have to read that and it's hugely important so it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of all comes together for the next phase. Yeah, yeah. So we get through wave one, we get all this stuff, we meet all these characters, it's all great, and then we go to the uh, of course massively uplifting, nothing bad happens wave two. Uh, so Charles, tell us about the Republic Fairer uh, wave. What happened there? Yeah, well, so in wave two, Lena So's at it again, and uh, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know, those Nile, and you know my great works. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep working on those great works and not worry about those Nile. No, it's not it's not all Lena So's fault, but basically, uh, it is Lena So's plan to to basically throw this. Massive festival celebration on a planet. Uh, I think it was Valo, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. it's called the Republic Fair. And it basically brings everyone together and celebrates this unified republic that she's really trying to create and expand. And, of course, the Nile just see a giant bullseye. And so they don't like that. And they have their own plans for this Republic Fair. So before I go too far, the books that actually comprise this wave are the rising storm which was the adult novel uh then race to crash point tower which was the middle grade and then out of the shadows was the ya and then there was also tempest runner which was an audio drama uh, which maybe we'll talk a little bit about but essentially the republic fair starts everything's going okay and then the nile come in uh they basically trap everyone on the planet and they just lay siege to this planet and what was meant to be this this celebratory occasion becomes really a massacre. And all of the Jedi that are there and really all the main characters that we know are kind of spread out, trying to put out small fires, but they're all separated and they're kind of fending for themselves. Now, in the background, you know, the Nile and Marky and Roe, they have a whole plan that's bigger than just what they're doing at the Republic Fair. And Marky and Roe is able to Go, I was it Dalna that he went to, I think, and he went in some ice cave and he found some, some ancient. I don't think it was Dalna. I think was it was it Dalna. I, Where I was don't it? know if the planet was named. Okay, well, he goes in an ice planet and he finds an ancient rod which controls some mysterious creature that he plans to use mm-hmm. to extinguish the Jedi. And 
it not only you know can kill the Jedi, but it basically turns them into what is called husks. Yeah. So he was on the rice stand, Badlands. Oh yeah, I almost said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so close. You're right. Tip your tongue. So basically. Uh, the other things to know about the Nile is that there's a little bit of uh, competition amongst the Nile. It's not just, you know, Kumbaya and Mark Rose the leader and everyone else is fine. No, there's there's a lot of infighting in the Nile. And some of the, I guess the main person to really know is Lorna D, who is the uh, Tempest Runner, who is the main character in the audio drama called Tempest Runner. And she <clears throat> basically uh, has some, you know, butting of heads with Mark Rose. So ultimately, we also know that Marky and Rose basically using things called paths uh, and, and using these secret like hyperspace engines to go through space in ways that nobody else can. And we learn that he's able to do that with the help of Marie Santeca, who basically is the one who can see these paths through space and she gives them to him. He gives them to the Nile. It's a whole big thing. But Vernestra Rowe, who we talked about uh, from wave one, she meets Marie Santeca right before she dies because she's like a bajillion years old. And the, one of the last <laughs> things that she does is give Vernestra Rowe a, her own path through hyperspace. And Vernestra decides she's actually not going to tell the Jedi Council about this. She keeps that to herself. So that was one of the last things that happened. And then I guess the final thing going back to Lorna D is that the Jedi are led to believe that Lorna D is the leader of the Nile. They do not really know who Mark right. and Roe is Forgot at that, that point in time. And that was kind of a big moment. So yeah, it was uh, characters that were bigger in this wave. Elzar man definitely took a big step up. Um, our, our one night stand King. Yeah. Elzar man. <laughs> Yeah, Elzar Man. The horniest guy in the initiative. Yeah, he did He did his best Real Avros impression. Uh, <laughs> Ty Yorick, the monster hunter, comes into things. Chansey Yarrow, Sylvester Yarrow, Lorna D, we talked about. Pan Ada, who has chronic bronchitis. Uh, Ram Jamaram, <laughs> Lena So, and then the Nameless, which is, weirdly enough, the name for the creatures that Marky and Rose controlling. Um, and I guess just some other really big points uh, to remember that I didn't mention is Loden Greatstorm's death, guys. That was probably like the the God. biggest moment or one of the biggest moments from this wave yeah. where the Nameless is unleashed Brutal. for the very first time. Mark and Roe is able to send it after Loden right when you think he's going to escape captivity because that was something that happened in wave one. And, uh, and he gets husked. And and uh, Bell Zedifar, his Padawan, watches it happen, and he's very scarred by this. Other things that are huge, hugely important, Stellan Geos kind of becomes like the face of the Jedi Order throughout everything that happens in the High Republic. He's with the Chancellor through a lot of the Republic Fair, or through the Republic Fair, rather. And uh, he becomes like the poster boy, if you will, for the Jedi Order. Um, Chancellor So mm-hmm. gets like grievously injured. She's like in a coma at one point, and then she comes out yeah. of it, and she's like, yeah, "That was a bad, was that, bad, my bad, guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say." And shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, and then the last big thing that maybe is going to come into play, we haven't really seen them do a whole bunch with this yet, is the introduction of the Tegruda because mm-hmm. they came as That's like right. this separate empire. 
And they, or I shouldn't say Empire, that has a lot of context in Star Wars, but they came <laughs> as this separate group of people, and they were part of the Republic Fair, and they kind of made a pact with Chancellor So to say, hey, we're not going to stand right. by and watch what the Nile are doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wonderful, wonderful wave. I really love this one, and partly that was because I felt like it did such a good job of flipping Wave 1 on its head and just taking it even darker, making things feel even more hopeless for all the heroes and of course Stellan Geos my favorite my my High Republic Obi-Wan Kenobi he played such a big role in this wave that was that was big yeah he had that epic moment that we see on the out of print uh cover of Rising Storm where he was like dual wielding lightsabers with the Targon uh lion cats on either side of him just like come on Elzar Elzar Man rides a dragon like, yeah. it was oh, really Elzar kinda... Man has a brush with the dark side. That is another really yes. big thing yes. that happens, and he's pretty shaken by this. So that's right. Yeah, is this is is um, what is this wave wave two two, two. Yeah. is wave two when Elzar goes with um, uh, the Wayseeker to help like help his that's issues what he does or is after we, are we gonna wave three? That's what he does it's after. after. It's like three. Okay. we find yeah. him at the beginning of Wave Three with Orla. I think on that planet. Okay, with yeah. Orla. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I and I like you said, Charles. I love Wave Two. Is probably I don't know. I, I'm gonna say this for everyone. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. Like Wave Two, it really is the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, but it's the Nile yeah. Strike Back. Like they are the Point. hey, you Jedi <laughs> are light and great, cool. We still own you. And now yeah. we have this weapon you've never heard of that can destroy the best people you have. We're going to massacre tons of civilians. And, like, that being said, there is still joy to be had. Uh, Race Crash Point Tower with Ram Jamaram and, like, some of the, the High Republic Adventure stuff is really fun here. Like, there is there is levity to be had in it for sure. Um, Out of yeah. the Shadows has some romance in it and things like that. Um, but, of course, ends with um, Chansey Yarrow kind of betraying her daughter and being like, I mean, I've actually been building a weapon for the Nile. Mm. Oops. And... Yeah. It really is the wave that's like every good thing you had, maybe not. Maybe yeah, we're right. kind of turning ourselves on. And this is the one that gave Kevin his reputation for yeah. Kevin knows what he did kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, we also got T- Tempest Runner is also the interesting, unique kind of project that was in this wave as well. And, and I, yeah. I really love Tempest Runner. I think people people didn't love it, funny enough. Like, it, I think people kind of consider it the, their least favorite of their of the audio dramas, which yeah, is funny Yeah, it came and me. went pretty quick. It did. Yeah, it did. It came and went pretty quick. But we got a lot of uh, – I love the origin stories for the Nihil that we got throughout Wave 2 right like yeah. we got a lot of information about like the you know the kind of the heads of the crime families you know of the the tempest right yeah. <laughs> and and that sort of thing so um i thought that was a lot of fun i enjoyed this uh i enjoyed this sort of bad guy energy i think we had a lot through wave two mm-hmm. yeah i loved it and then all right wes just just tear us down <laughs> uh wave three all right <clears throat> fall starlight beacon what uh what happened? <laughs> so, wave three. Help! You guys can help me through this as I go. But um, so the fall of Starlight Beacon, we'll say, is wave three, the end of phase one, um, and that starts with novels of the Fallen Star, Mission, Mission to Disaster, uh, Midnight Horizon, Trail of Shadows, and then Eye of the Storm, and that has to mainly do around Marky and Roe. Um, so main event one. As the title tells, 
the destruction of Starlight Beacon. So as we discussed and as we saw in Light of the Jedi, this giant space station that is like a cell phone tower, as Corey said, um, out to help um, with communications through all the through all the galaxy. It is at the end of the story destroyed. So it falls out of the sky with many a Jedi trying to help by bring its thrusters back online to help it stay afloat so it doesn't smash into the the world below. Help me with the world below. Who? What was it? Uh, it was screwed, Wes, is what it was. <laughs> it's definitely a Monday. So, yes. Um, I remember in the beginning of, of this, of um, sorry, of the Fallen Star, Markion Rowe has a, basically like a um, an assistant that... Barraza is three... the city. Okay. City of okay. Barraza. So Markion Rowe gets an assistant and has three to four of their um, Nihil... Uh, what would you call them? Just nine infiltrators. Hill. Nice, good work. Nice Infiltrate. saboteurs. Ooh, <laughs> if you we are. ride around the horn, you get a couple points right now for that. <laughs> <laughs> so these three to four saboteurs, um, they all have family within the Nile, and they they push the families or they move them to various different areas within the Nile sector mm-hmm. so that you go work on this journey, you go work on stealing this stuff on this world, so they get them out of sight. And then so they have three of four saboteurs, a.k.a. Uh, I would say... Um, oh, I don't want to say that. Um, <laughs> they were, uh, suicide bombers, if you will. Yeah, um, they are. They are. So they, they went on to Starlight Beacon. They got on to Starlight Beacon as mechanics. And they basically sabotage Starlight Beacon for the thrusters to explode mm-hmm. and for Starlight Beacon to fall below to the world and kill everybody. Kill everybody in um, below on land. So big thing about this was they want to push it into the water. Mm-hmm. That way it doesn't kill everybody on land. But the main uh, point of that whole book was all the deaths that we saw in the Fallen Star. Not just Jedi, but other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did see um, – so Chansey Yarrow was ex- expired, oh, and she, as she was trying <laughs> to fix. help – as she was trying to help with the thrusters down below in the breaches of Starlight Beacon, Elzar Man himself kills her, thinking she was sabotaging yeah. Starlight as it was, but she was actually trying to help. He cut her in cut half. Her half. That was yeah, great. like it was – it was such a great addition, like, I think. I was yeah. floored when I read that. I yeah. was like, oh, my God, that's going to push Elzar Man to the brink of the dark side if he hasn't wasn't already tight roping over that. <laughs> yeah, for real. With, you know? So um, on top of that, we see a lot of uh, we see a lot of characters die to the leveler or the nameless as well. Mm-hmm. So we see um, – who is it? Uh, Orla. Is it Stella? Orla Jereni, Estella Maru? Estella Maru? Yeah, he or, dies yeah, in he, the explosion. He dies in the explosion. He dies in the explosion. Okay. Like a king. But yes. Buryaga's, wasn't it Buryaga's master also got husked, yes. I think? Yep. Um, Nibasek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and Buryaga no, uh, gets taken by Rathtar's... <laughs> That's does. right. Rathtar's were unleashed on, on the Starlight yeah. Beacon. Yeah. That two great. First of all, great pull from you know, you've, are you hauling Rathars? 
Yes, and Holland Rathars. <laughs> yeah, so Buriaga, we don't know about Buriaga, um, which is which is a big um, cliffhanger at the end of that end of that book. It makes mm-hmm. you want to go into phase yeah. two. But, gentlemen, the biggest of all, the tearjerker of all, the biggest spoiler. Turn it off now if you haven't read it. Stellan Geos dies within Starlight Beacon as he is pushing the thrusters with all of his might to fall into the ocean and not onto the land below to kill the people. So that was, yes, very. it was a sacrifice of all sacrifices that we've seen so far um, in this phase that I thought was amazing. I know who I um, am. (laughs) Yeah, you do. God dang. Sorry to bring everybody's mood down, but on top of the death and destruction that we see, there also... The Nihil is turned into a um, is turned into a not a democratic party, a, a dictatorship. <laughs> it's definitely a dictatorship <laughs> as of 1942 um, Nazi Germany. Absolutely. So, um, Markion Rowe is the is the uh, unequivocal leader of the Nihil now. He doesn't have three um, eyes. Tempest runners. Tempest runners. Tempest runners. Yep. Doesn't have those anymore, um, and. Was this the was the Fallen Star Wave Three? Is that when um, Pan Ata loses his hand, or was that? Oh no, that was, was that uh, Wave Two. That was I'm wave, sorry, not Pan Ata. Uh, uh, that was in Wave One. Dude, that was wave One. That was early. Kossif was Wave yeah. One. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You see, I'm all <laughs> That's over. That's why the we're place. here, man. Pan, uh, <laughs> Pan Ata does die as well, though. In Tempest Run. Yes. In Tempest so Run, right? No. Yeah. Or no, actually, he doesn't. Alive. We technically don't know if Panada died. He got in an escape pod on like the brink of death, right? <laughs> That's right. He almost yeah. died well, like four oh, yeah. times. He's probably alive. And I guess I, I guess Lorna D is also alive. You're right too. Yeah. 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 Out there. So we have Lorna yeah. D. But Markian does um, his like manifesto broadcast at the end of Fallen Star to yeah, be like, yeah. the galaxy yes. is mine. Yeah. That's yes. Um, does uh, another question I have for you guys? Does um. Santeca, does Mar Santeca, does she die in this one? Marie Santeca died, died at the in... end of Out of the Shadows. Yeah. So she's gone. No more paths. In phase, no more paths. That phase That's two, all he has. Right? That was phase the end two. of Wave yep, 2. Yep, Wave 2. Yep. Wave 2, yeah. Okay. Phases of Wave <laughs> Damn it, still. <laughs> all this time. man. <laughs> wave 2, yes. So we also have another important event is the Battle of Coruscant, where we witness the return of Yoda. Yeah. Oh, my God. That moment. And, yeah. And a character that will help them understand the nameless threat if you looked back to the past, which is a homage, if you will, to phase two mm-hmm. of the High Republic, which we're getting into now. Um, yeah, so the nameless are revealed in Trail of the Shadows, which was a good <clears throat> drop for you to actually pick that book up and read. And uh, the history of Markion Rose people within the Eye of the Storm, but we don't act, do we get to know what they are called? The Evereni. The Evereni, which is a name, okay. which is of course we'll talk about this a little more next week, but is a race that is mentioned already in Path of Deceit in uh, in Phase Two. So they're very prominent in that with some of the main characters, and yeah, it's uh, that two issue comic, Eye of the Storm issues one and two, more like visual novels than straight mm. comics. Uh, for those that may not read a lot, that Charles Soule wrote uh, all of Marquion's history in that. Wow. So big, like big things to remember, especially starting in Wave Two, we have the Nile that completely encompasses the Republic Fair, and you can see uh, them kind of taking over and getting, like, I wouldn't call it the the hubris of the Jedi yet, but they have have a stranglehold on them. Yeah, <laughs> the Jedi and are taking wave, over. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the symbol oh, symbol of peace and prosperity and and coming together as one, the starlight beacon is blown out of the sky and it kills oh, multiple people, multiple Jedi. Out and the Drengear of the sky and the Drengear <laughs> fall in the ocean. Very key. All the plants are now That's in water. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, could be could be. Maybe they're thriving. What if they're thriving the in the water right now? They're just growing. into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to wash upon the shore and unleash the living plants everywhere. <laughs> Hangman Random House Audio, if you're listening and you need someone for the next audio drama, Corey is available. <laughs> Please no. Please just seed my children. Oh god. Someone make it in. I also oh. want to point out that uh wave 3 really made it super apparent that like Avar, Elzar and Stellan were basically like Harry Ron and Hermione from yes. Harry Potter. Like right. they were right. they were great friends back from way back when they were Padawans, and now they all happen to be like leaders within the Jedi Order. And mm-hmm. that is why one of them dying was such a massive thing. And yeah. when Stellan died, he he kind of saw what happened with Elzart. Like right before he, he got Elzart to leave Starlight Beacon and escape, he saw what Elzart did and how deeply it impacted him. And his last act, other than pulling the beacon out to sea was he sent his droid to give Elzar his lightsaber. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. And so I do remember that, that was like, yeah. what is that moment going to mean to Elzar and who is that going to make him? And Elzar struggling with, you know, his own relationship with Avar. So there's, there's a lot going yeah. on. And for, I, for I, folks that may not have read the comic, I want to show you the final page of uh, <clears throat> the higher public comic volume one was Keith Trennis holding Avar Chris as Avar is just completely distraught after she touched the dark side to attack Lorna D almost. Keith stopped her from enacting vengeance, but this is Avar realizing in real time Stellan's gone, the whole thing is done, and now this younger generation kind of has to prop up their masters. So mm. that's a huge thing. Um, also, it is vaguely mentioned but i did i did want to just point out in mission to disaster the ya novel which is kind of a, a more separate adventure with vernestra and them that does take place on the planet dalna which does uh it gets talked about so uh in phase two and i know that they, you know, they mentioned oh the, the jedi had a thing on dalna way back when that gets brought up vaguely um but yeah really like you okay. said Wes, everyone just kind of ends in a very distraught way and then the higher public team was like, we'll be back in a year. Let's go back in time for a bit. And we're like, ah, why? Why, does it, why does it feel like it has been like five years since we finished <laughs> phase one? It feels so, <laughs> and it's so long. crazy how it's called Light of the Jedi and it ends so dark. Oh, no. It's so dark. It's yeah. called- and now we're on the quest. And I guess, again, now the past, like Yoda comes in at the end of Midnight Horizon <laughs> and has this character and says, you know, now we got to go back. And there's all these stories now that we're going to talk about next week that are getting pitched to kind of flesh out what's going on. And maybe it'll be like, or I assume it'll be like the Star Wars prequels, right? Now when you watch the OT, 
it just kind of enriches it more and makes things make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll learn what certain things mean. And are we going to learn more about the Nameless? Are we going to learn more about the Jedi Council? Like, what does it mean? But I think the key stuff going into out of Phase 1, I should say, is just realizing kind of where the status quo is now. I will say now, as I've said the other two waves, um, based on the average of quality alone, Wave 3 is my favorite. Uh, I have never physically cried reading a book before, The Fallen Star, in my life. Mm-hmm. Physical tears <clears throat> as I read that. Couldn't handle it. Uh, Midnight Horizon didn't work for some folks I know. It's kind of a more controversial book. Um, I read all the High Republic Adventures, and a lot of those characters are featured. Um, but that one was probably my favorite YA out of the wave. Or out of the phase. See, Corey, you're not alone. Uh, my favorite out of the phase. <laughs> Uh, by far, and I really think that just the amount of loss and action and desperation throughout this wave really ends the phase in, in a hard place, you yeah. know? Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. And then we don't even get to know what happens after. We have to read what happens before. Yeah. What the hell, Disney? <laughs> you know, Hold on. Blame Michael so long. I think we got to blame George for that one. <laughs> he kind of set the precedent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's I guess true. So. Why should we tell them? I guess so. Yeah. Um, but we did hear, I believe, I saw at least some tweets from some of the live panels that Phase 3 should begin next November, which makes sense because Phase 2 does end with Kevin's YA novel, The Path of Vengeance, I believe in April, um, if I remember that correctly. So almost this point next year, so next holiday season, we'll pick back up with all these characters. So I guess as we kind of – we, we, now we've gone through all the main, <clears throat> the main events, all the main stories – uh, let's just go around, guys, and talk about what are some of the biggest things you loved about Phase 1, and is there anything, as we were talking, that you're like, oh my god, I completely forgot about that, and I'm, I'm glad I now remember that part of it. Uh, Charles, let's go to you first. Well, I think this was good. I think I needed this before jumping into Phase 2, just in general, but I think mm-hmm. that one of the big things that I kind of just went back through all the emotions of was just kind of remembering... Specifically, I want to point out the Bell Zetafar Loden Great Storm relationship because it really was a through yeah. line for really this entire phase. And there's some really, really great character moments of of basically, you know, Loden starting out trying to teach Bell how to catch himself using the force if he's falling from, you know, a high a high distance. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Bell ends up feeling like even though Loden disappears, he feels like he's still out there somewhere. He ends up finding him. He uses what he was taught by Loden to catch him when he's falling. And and then Loden dies, and everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. And Bell uh, says he will never leave someone behind again, and now he's out there looking for Buryaga because right, Buryaga was key, taken by, by the yeah, Rathars. So forgot about that. Seeing the growth yep. of Bell Zetafar specifically, unfortunately at the expense of uh, Loden Greatstorm, was a huge plot point for me that, that meant a lot. It was very emotional, I think, really well done in particular. And just knowing that, that that's not over, that we're going to see that kind of continue, that's kind of one of the big kind of plot points, I would say, that interests me most outside of what's going to happen here with Avar and Elzar. Yeah, I have an idea of what happened with Avar and Elzar, but that's a different show. Yeah. Corey! Um, uh, <laughs> Genie after dark. Uh, Patreon rewards. Uh, Corey, Corey, <laughs> what about you, man? What are some of your favorite points, and what uh, 
what kind of tickled your brain? Like, oh, right, that happened. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I definitely forgot that, like, kind of what the point of everything was. Like, like I guess, like, the big, the big giant buildup, I suppose, for the entirety of the High Republic is if we go this route. I mean, I suppose they could end the High Republic with, you know, not really one giant story, but just several small stories, right? But it does feel like there is building, a lot is building to explain Markian Rowe and the Leveler and, and these creatures and, like, like where he comes from. There's, like, some ancient Force stuff at work here, right? And I kind of forgot that that's sort of where everything is leading because so much happens in, in, in the first phase, like, to introduce everybody and so many small stories happens that I forgot that, that that's where we're going, I guess, is, like... Like this ancient force power stuff, and I hope that Phase Two really expands on a lot of that. I did totally forget about Buryaga until you just brought that up, Charles. Uh, that was such a, a a sad note to leave on. Um, yeah, I he's I not okay. We, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, are we going to get that explained in Phase Two? Probably not, right? <laughs> so, oh I guess no, we got to wait. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, yeah. it's because we're going back in time. So, I'm very interested to see. Why we're doing this, I guess, is is kind of the yeah. big the big question to me. Is why are we going back in time? It's interesting, I think, to do that. Like we've seen it before, mm-hmm. all over and over again in Star Wars. But like, why did they choose to do this? I don't know. Something major, significant has to happen to lead up to what we have in Phase One for mm-hmm. for this to be worth yeah. this huge second, you know, second phase. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting Arisa because yeah, like the Phase Two is it's also so intentionally mirrored like we said with our news announcements like we have convergence and cataclysm path of deceit path of vengeance like what yeah. what is these are very intense titles and very intentional <sighs> artistic yeah. dichotomies so what is that going to teach us and why did we need this before going right into the next chapter you're absolutely mm-hmm. right i think it's going to be uh, challenging to make us care about the characters as much knowing that we're then going to go to phase three you know, that will pick up with the characters that we knew before. And it's a big enough time jump that a mm. lot of those characters c- couldn't possibly be around. You know what I mean? Right. Like a lot of the right. characters we meet in phase two weren't in phase one. So I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tougher. I think to make us care as much as with phase one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah unless they do something with legacy and like that, those characters <laughs> legacies lived on within mm-hmm. say Stellan Geos, Elzar yeah. man, Avar Chris, somehow that way you're like, Oh, yeah. so that's why that's so important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good point, Charles. Yeah. What's what about you, man? Um, the main takeaway I would say, uh, is the Nile, the Nile, like we've seen throughout star Wars, the bad guys are, Always, well, not always, but most of the time are encompassed by the Sith, the dark side powers, and we didn't really get a reveal of like what the leveler was and all of that until like the end of the phase two, I guess. Yeah, and right. when it actually we, we realized that they have they have some kind of dark side power available, but we don't. They're not Sith, and we have basically Marauders that are really getting the best of the Jedi, and you're just like. I mean, they don't have they don't have droids. They don't have stormtroopers. They have people who are you know high on spice yeah. that are ready to that are ready to shoot their yeah, blasters and paint gosh. their faces. That scene, <laughs> so, ride the so, storm. <laughs> that was just it's 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 very neat to see just a bunch of pirates get the best of the Jedi and yeah. and and how that they keep doing, especially with you know taking down their symbol and then also. Um, 
going like right before, like completely encompassing the Republic Fair, them just like putting all this stuff on a pedestal, and then a Nile coming in, just shutting it all down. Yeah. Like just a group of pirates, because I mean, not I mean, it's not a very popular opinion, but what is the uh, what was the um, uh, the cartoon on uh, uh, the cartoon that had two seasons? It was Dang. Star Wars. It was right before. Resistance, oh. yes. So they had yes. Star Wars Resistance had a bunch of pirates that yeah. didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yep. They always were defeated, like by you know the Jedi or by the, the good guys. Right. But these pirates, these pirates have something else, and they have Marie Santeca behind them. They have, um, they have the the, the, the leveler. They have Marky on row and where the hell he came from, right? right. And then you know bunch of drugs so it's interesting <laughs> to see doing it's just them interesting drugs. to see how the jedi are bested <laughs> yeah yeah i i agree completely it's it's such a cool thing to see competent villains we talk a lot so much about competency yeah. on this show we love characters on either side that are just good at what they do and if you mess up it's because the other person was just better than you on that day that's all there is to it um for me looking at all these i forget just how many loving character connections they are obviously less so with the nile um but like all the books there's really just one hero going off on a thing it's Loden and bell it's like lula and cantum sai it's avar and stellan and elzar like the connections between the jedi are so strong and i think that's something that we sort of miss in the you know lucas era films somewhat intentionally anakin and obi-wan is what we get and that's super strong, but obviously ends in tragedy. But there aren't that many like key, awesome friendships that are really explored so much. But every single book has pairings, has trios, has people that would die for each other, has people that are feeling out their feelings for each other. And I think that that is what kind of made people fall in love with the characters so much because we saw such vulnerability in characters across the board, um, as well as epic action scenes. And, like, I mean, there's freaking dragons and massacres on cities and a space station falls out of the sky like the scale of these things was so fun yeah and i think i hope phase two um really brings that home again our, our review of path to deceit is already on the site and it was already on the youtube channel i'm not gonna say anything about it now in case you want to go in blind uh, but you can see kind of what we thought about that to start it off but it's just really cool to remember how grand this stuff was and how loving these characters were and I am excited for Phase 2, but thinking about this, I f- I'm really remembering how excited I am for Phase 3. Like, I, yeah. I really want <laughs> yeah. these folks back. Um, yeah. And it's just fun to remember. But next week, we're going to talk about Phase 2. And the Higher Pub Week, uh, our Part 2 event, really, uh, we're going to talk about, now, Phase 2, what do you have to know? What's coming your way? We are really going to let you know what stuff you got to keep an eye out for. Release schedules, what books, what authors, what characters, what do we know? We're going to give you the whole guide to kind of get ready for your holiday reading because, y'all, the YA is already out and November is bringing us even more High Republic content. Um, a quick reminder, every weekend we are live talking about Andor on our Bounty Hunt show. So if you're listening to us, make sure to subscribe to the Bounty Hunt feed, which we might be bringing into this feed at some point. We're not sure yet, but make sure to check us out there. And you know what? I could say this. If you're watching us live, I could say this now. Um, be sure to hang out on Wednesday live um, on YouTube. I asked permission about this. Be aware on Star Wars YouTube if you want to see me and Corey talk about Andor a little bit. I'll just say that. Um, 
<laughs> but for we'll now or something. Yeah, we'll tweet it out. <laughs> we'll t- stay tuned on Wednesday, folks. We can't wait to talk about some stuff. Uh, but for now, that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so, so much. We hope you're enjoying the Star Wars archives. We hope you're enjoying the Ghost Crew. We hope you're enjoying the documentaries and everything else you can get on that Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Ashley Ingalls, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Corey M. Helton. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.